0: Yeah, here you got a show coming
1: up? Yeah, this weekend you coming?
0: Dude,
1: I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not
0: yet. I'm gonna get them tomorrow
1: though. The show's sold out. Don't worry. I, I got you on the guest list. Oh
0: man, you're the best. Can I
1: get a plus one? Uh don't push your luck.
2: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Box trying on the Get Down and White Sox Dave. With you as always from the band is your boy Colin. Up in the top left corner here, we have the leader of the Nala gang, Mr. Dave Williams. Dave, how are we, buddy?
3: We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, another weekend <laughs> comes, another weekend goes. Looking forward to the show, I guess.
2: Oh, man. Are you upset about the White Sox?
3: Uh, Yeah. I mean, they they look like shit. I mean, they're making mistakes that I would yell at high school kids for making, so it's not going to keep going like this. But, yeah, I'm pissed off at them a little bit, um, but – I'm more pissed off that it's Monday tomorrow. I would say, like more work. Like I don't like work. Work sucks. <laughs> I don't want to do anything.
2: Well, real quick before we move on to Kenny, uh, what the hell happened with uh,
3: Eloy Jimenez's jersey? Uh, dude, like, <laughs> why did they gotta do shit like that, man? Like, it's, everybody it's, thought it's he like, died. It's it's so, and you know the person sending it didn't want to say it, but someone in charge was like had to send that fucking tweet. And it's like use your fucking brains, dude. Uh it's,
2: all right. So also with us this week, uh, we have Mr. Kenny Carkey
4: back again for another week. Kenny, how are you, buddy? You know, could be better, could be worse. We, Just this kidding, is not, I'm doing great, not, man. This is not an overly the optimistic. blunt
3: market. right yeah, now. Like, yeah, yeah, could be better, could be before worse, before about it. to be a lot better. <laughs> there you go. Kenny.
2: Yeah. Uh, one of our questions we got from the fans this week had to do with Kenny and his and his and his weed. So we'll get into that. But yeah, back for another week, ladies and gentlemen, we have two great guests this week. Uh, we are interviewing Caleb from Colony House, big band out of Nashville, Tennessee, just got picked up for Bonnaroo, just released a new movie. We're going to talk to him about that. Also, our pick of the week this week out of Canada, our friends, the Blue Stones just released a new album doing big time stuff. Great guys. We talked to them later in the episode. Gentlemen, once again, back 11 episodes. Can't believe we made it this far. What we've done thus far. Dave, did you think we'd make it this far?
3: Uh, I thought it was a coin flip, uh, especially when you kind of hit your wagon to a liability like Kenny. Um, Obviously. This is his yeah, third Kenny episode.
2: Yeah, a part of this now. Uh, I mean you Gu-
4: guys are gamblers you know what I mean yeah. like this could have been great this could have been horrible we don't know yet it's still got time yeah you know?
2: there's so much more time there's a million more episodes to come and Kenny could do something colossal there's a
4: lot of ways I could get us canceled yeah. I promise yeah. and
2: that's what I'm kind of betting on here I assume at some point so we don't have to do this anymore any Kenny press says, is good press And he presses good press at what point do we just call it on the guest list with Fox trying to get down White Sox Dave and Kenny Carkey it's kind of a long, a long name never.
3: never never you don't want never. you don't want your name associated with us what's what's the what's the beef here
4: i'm just that surprise guest every time you should be, should be like we have a surprise guest yeah. every single time and it's just me every time i just don't I think like kenny that actually people knowing his
2: government name dude kenny doesn't want his government out there with all his shady dealings yeah bro i'm totally off the
4: grid <laughs>
3: you, you operate <laughs> non-sequential bills
4: I'm big in the counterfeit game, son. <laughs> uh
2: so looking at it we're in 11 episodes i've been looking at things that we can improve on the podcast I think we're doing a pretty good job, but there's always things that we can improve. The one thing that I found for myself personally is I counted last time, and I said the word fuck over 50 times. And I need to improve on that because I get lazy in the Northeast Philly You mean stomach. improve, I, like do more? Do more, obviously. I try and put fuck in every other word. But I, right, I, right, got, right. I we got done last week, and it was super late on the East Coast. And my wife, the next morning I woke up, and she was like... So I was listening to your podcast, you recorded it last night, and the way you introduced your guest was, and we got fucking this guy this week, and then right after that, we got this fucking guy, he's the fucking man, and I was like, you know what, what I was going to do this week was actually line up shot glasses, and every single time I said fuck, punish myself and take another shot, I don't have any liquor, otherwise I would do it. We'll I'm going to play it. a
4: buzzer every single time you say, Yeah, I like that.
2: Yeah, at least call me out on it every time. I'm trying I'm trying to do better. Uh, other than that, I mean, for me, like looking at it, I think we could tighten up the segments. I think we can continue to do more things better. But other than that, I think we're cruising. I think we got something nice here. Uh, yeah, I think we
3: could, we're on a little bit of a roll. We can sure. have Kenny
2: on less episodes. I think that would be great. But other than that, I think we're killing it.
3: That would help for like a lot of things, like our, our rapport and camaraderie. That yeah, would
2: Obviously, me and Dave have been at each other's throats since Kenny came on. Like literally. Yeah, well, him yeah.
4: but like I said, that kind of brings a little bit of life to the podcast. It is a good thing, honestly.
2: Let's get into uh, some music news. We start off every episode talking about what's going on in the music industry. Uh, first and foremost, we all want to give a shout out and prayers up to DMX. Obviously, going through a tough time. He's in the hospital right now. People do not give DMX enough credit. DMX was one of the biggest hip-hop artists of the early 2000s, saved Def Jam, sold over 74 million albums worldwide – and personally, like I listen to DMX a lot. It's great gym music, I just want to say that. But DMX, shouts out to DMX. Also, great job in Belly. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Belly. Oh yeah, but... hell yeah, yeah Belly, yeah, bro.
4: Yeah. I was listening to that uh, volume two record, Jay-Z, and he was on there, and you're like, fuck, that went real far back, like 98 and shit. Dude, and like he, he was competing with Jay-Z for a while. Like He, he was a more recognizable <laughs> yeah, voice. Yeah. Dude, no, nobody's more
2: <laughs> recognizable voice-wise, ad-libs. Like, I love DMX, and I don't think he gets enough credit. And his story is unbelievable as to like how he got into what he got into but more than anything i think it's important to remember it doesn't matter what the situation is just i think everybody needs to give dmx his flowers now because the man absolutely is a legend
5: agreed
2: oh yeah it's so easy to over because i i saw people tweeting like wow i didn't know dmx had fans dude 74 million records
4: you know what? That's just us getting old, man. And, I, and Young kids being yeah, like, yeah. DMX who? And you're like, bro, you don't even fucking know all the shit you listen to today is because of that guy.
2: 100%. I'm, dude, I'm a huge Meek Mill fan. I'm from Philadelphia. Meek Mill modeled himself after DMX. DMX is the man. So shout dude, out Rough to Rough Riders,
4: son. The anthem.
2: And also, without DMX, you don't have Swiss beats. You yeah. don't have, the. I mean, the locks were pretty much attacked him. So Jadakiss, Styles, P. Yep. Uh, you got Eve.
4: Rough hey, items, yo, I'm slipping. Dude. I'm falling. I can't, I can't get it. Get oh, it my up. God, yeah, bro.
2: Yeah, so so shout up. out to DMX. We just want to give that as, as a start-off point. Uh, other than that, what's going on in music this week? Finally, we see a festival poster get released. I thought it was fake at first. It wasn't. Bonnaroo's lineup got released. I still don't know how they're going to do it. Like, are they going to socially distance at the festival?
4: all of my heavy crew buddies like guys who work like do front of house for like prints or Mm. did prints and then like 1975 and queens of the stone age i was talking to them about that and they're like it's not gonna happen and i'm like i don't think it's gonna happen either they're like i just don't think it's gonna happen and you're like i mean i don't know anybody else on the more on the inside than like heavy touring crew guys who are like i don't see it i don't see how you can pull that off at this point because
2: i mean not only that All these people are out of practice. Nobody's set up a festival in a year. Like, I I just, it seems like too many moving pieces and too many variables. Like, no matter how many people get vaccinated, I feel like this is a pipe dream. I'm just happy to see some form of like normalcy. Yeah. Um, Looking at the headliners this year, uh, Foo Fighters and Megan the Stallion are the headliners. You know, here's
4: the thing God, I wish I could see so much more of Dave Grohl. I wish he would just be more (laughs) around. You know, I wish uh, radio stations would play more of Foo Fighters. Honestly, that's not. Listen, enough. we are a pro Foo
2: Fighters podcast.
4: You watch your no, mouth. No, listen, bro. I'm a massive Foo Fighters fan and a Dave Grohl fan. But, you know, also at some point, fuck off, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> Do you think Dave Grohl's sitting in his house right now going, God, I wish I could see less of Kenny Carkeet. I wish there'd
4: be less of Kenny around. <laughs> you should be. I'm not even the equivalent of one of his fucking eye boogers. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even <laughs> know that shit.
2: Uh, so other than that, on that day, Run the Jewels is also that night. There you go. Um, who else do we have this night? Bro, Nelly is that night. I'm going. If Nelly's there, I'm, if Nelly and the Deftones do a song together, I'm fucking there. That's what we, there's one fuck. Uh, that's what we need to get back to normal. Take in a shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: he's actually got a buzzer. <laughs>
2: okay. He was waiting for that for he so was. long. Oh, man, get ready. You're going to be buzzing <laughs> that thing. Uh, the next gotcha. night. Lizzo and Tame Impala are the headliners. I don't tame know. Tame
4: how- Impala, you're so fucking Philly, bro. <laughs> what is that? Not how you say Tame Impala. <laughs> it's Tame Impala, son. I would say Impala. I think uh, Impala. Tame Impala. Yeah. Tame Impala. Like a yeah, yeah. But he Impala. really pushed the Philly on it hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tame Impala. You know, you know what my
2: worst word is? Uh, you know the thing you dry off with out of the shower? How do you say that? Towel. I say tail. <clears throat>
4: That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard.
3: That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like if I like wow. when I
2: was when I used to bartend, I would I would be like, yeah, I just broke something. Give me that tail. Like it's very quick. It's T A Y L tail. You
3: um, know what happened
4: to me the other day? My wife was laughing at me. I don't know if this is like a southern thing or not, but chest of drawers, like chest of drawers. These are a chest of drawers. Dressing. I thought my right. I thought my whole life it was Chester drawers and i said that the <laughs> other day and she fucking lost it on me and i was like i thought it was chester drawers i didn't know oh my god all right that's pretty bad i'm not gonna lie
3: that's, that's really fucking bad how old are you 36 you said yeah yeah
4: yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
3: that's also say hello
4: instead of pillow yeah we all have dumb shit man
3: oh man yeah, dude i got a lot uh, of dumb
2: shit listen me and me and dave have very discernible accents you don't have to tell us we got tons of dumb stuff uh, other than Lizzo and Tame Paula that night, uh, My Morning Jacket, Jason Isbell, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, Incubus. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that'd be a good That's a good, That's a good night, actually. I like that. Oh, and Mark Ribolet uh, yeah. is there. Now I- we're talking.
4: Yo, now we're talking. I-, I want him on the podcast so bad. He'll I will never lo- do it. <laughs> dude, no. I would love to hear yeah, him. Dude, he's, he's single-handedly creating a new form of dj and live looping is nothing new it's nothing new but like the way he's doing it and the attention that he's getting is going to make djs look like fucking cowards 100 yeah i mean dave do you know who mark ribollet is yeah yeah i know who he is he's the guy
2: who does the live looping in his underwear or a robe on
4: instagram right drinking yes. beers fucking crushing it
2: bro first off he like he ran the first part of quarantine like people found him and he became like the entertainment for quarantine so I always love him for that I want to talk to that guy uh yeah, so yeah. The, the the third night and the final night at bonnaroo prospectively is Tyler the creator and Lana del rey who I don't I don't know if I'm the only one I don't I don't get the Lana del rey thing I I, I don't I don't want to be sad stop making me
4: sad
3: yeah exactly
2: it's no offense. Like I know she makes good music and she works with a
4: lot of really good people. It's just not my bag. And i the got- thing the people I know that like Lana are like, I oh mean God, fucking Lana's so amazing. Like they're like it's like this whole thing, and you're like, Boo hoo, it's sad music. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just never hit me, dude. It never got I
2: never got into it. But other than that, that night, who else is there? Little baby Oliver Tree, man. Ooh, Oliver over tree leon bridges young the giant britney howard that's a good night flogging molly's there let's go turn up and colony house the band that we're interviewing today there is you go there. yep
4: here's a here's a thing about about the how i'm not sure how bonnaroo is going to work because i've played many festivals hundreds of them i've never seen a bigger shit show of pure trash people in my life than i have at bonnaroo because we played night three so it was like the third day of the festival, and there was just people in the gutters, just fucking dying, <laughs> oh, and yeah. like just the gnarliest shit. We're stepping over bodies trying to go see Billy Joel and shit. Bro, That's I don't like know fun. about you, but uh, so I played
2: festivals too. Like I've done the, some of the big ones. I have no interest in ever going to a festival.
4: No, I, would, I don't think I'm, I, I, I want to go to this. Don't have an artist pass? Yeah, fuck no, right. No. yo, that is Ew. a
2: that is a life changing experience when you get that first big festival and you get an artist pass. And you're, you got showers, and you got three square meals, and you're drinking for free all weekend. Holy shit. I just remember, like, seeing kids there covered in glitter and glow sticks and stuff. And I was like, dude, I, I would not fit in here. I They're go- just <laughs>
4: suffering in the sun, just dying all day. You know what I mean? And you're, like, at a misting tent in the back with free boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go back. Waking up in the morning and being able to shower at a festival is a magical thing. Or okay, here's w- the thing, though, because that doesn't always happen. Even at the big ones, you wake up and you have to beat all the other bands to the porta potty, so that you can do Back. the the roadie shower with the what wet wipes. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I actually have a video at, at Bonnaroo of me pouring water bottles over my head, shampooing my hair. Fucking ecological disaster vibe. Dude, so that
2: that they they gave us like I'm thinking uh, Firefly. Uh, they gave us. Uh, like it looked like porta potties, but it was showers. But the showers were made for people who were like five foot ten and below. I'm five foot ten. I was comfortable. Ken, our bass player, is six three, six four on a good day, and he's in there like Buddy the Elf. Like,
4: just splash. I could see him. He was, like,
2: looking at me over the top I of the shower. I remember those
4: showers, dude. I've played Firefly. I remember you know those fucking showers. They're like the trailer showers. Yep, and then you walk out, and
2: there's all they have, like, this was the weirdest thing ever, but, like, sometimes at festivals, they have, like, random things for the artists backstage, and they had a pen of baby goats that you could play with. And so I I, like I, got, baby goats. I got out of the shower and went and played with a bunch of baby goats. Yo, and went and so, set.
3: I got a question for you guys. If, like, I, I'm just trying to take all this in from, like, the artist's perspective and everything. It, you're telling me that Dave Grohl's gonna be like showering in one of these like no, like camp no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So this is they, they, just, they they just
4: real G's like that fly in, yep, <laughs> to the city about two hours before they play. Drive up in the Escalade, walk on stage, play straight to the Escalade, straight to the plane, back to on. home. I, did a, on. Peace I out. did a whole tour with the Rage Against the Machine guys for that Prophets of Rage tour, and every night they just. Escalade pulls up they walk out walk to stage straight from the stage of Escalade back to the airport
2: and so you can tell who's at what point of fame too, because we were we like whenever we do big festivals we're slumming it like we're lucky to be yeah here. yeah and then like there's like the big names that aren't flying in quite yet that are on tour and they have their buses so like in the back lot where everybody like we have tents and like three SUVs and trailers they have tour buses and like that weekend, we got to chill with Alt J for a little while. They were there. Good dudes, uh, heavy drinkers, love them. No, they were they were playing. They, they were playing. Like, remember when like flipping a bo- a water bottle and landing it was like funny or for some reason? Yeah. yeah they yeah. they were doing that backstage, and like our photographer Dylan went up and was like, "Dude, this is awesome. Like, who are you guys?" They're like, "Oh, well, Alt J." And yeah, so, like, Alt J, mate.
4: Well, yeah, then, I've been played, uh, I played. I played with them. Dice game while oh. drinking while drinking, uh, cold, catering coffee. With tequila in it, that they called Cafe Sunrise. Beautiful. Oh, made. If you don't have Sounds any more scary, drinks, actually. you could just have a Cafe Sunrise, and you're like, oh. Well,
3: that's. Oh, a- hey! I got another question for you guys. Good. So I'm looking at this Bonnaroo flyer right now. It's like I think it's the official flyer that you'd see like on a white post outside, whatever. Blah blah blah. So you got the Foo Fighters and Megan Thee Stallion and Lizzo, and like these big, bright ass, colorful yep. letters that you that just pop. Then there's a bunch of smaller, like middle of the pack size bands. Like I've heard of all of them. Uh Incubus is one of them, Phoebe Bridgers, blah, blah, blah. And then you just got all the white name. Like, <laughs> we don't want you guys to see that these people are also here, but we have to include them on the flyer. What were you guys? Were you guys like the white? Um, uh, like middle.
2: I still am a tiny white name at the bottom. Kenny's (laughs) been a colored name. Kenny's been a fluorescent name. You got the colored
4: name? Man, I've headlined festivals, signed first name at the very top.
2: (laughs) Now, see, this is also a good part of this podcast because we have three stages right now, right? So we have Dave, who's perspective. He's getting into the industry. Me, who's on my way up, working my ass off, still a scrub, but working my way up. And then we have Kenny, who's been a highlighter colored name at the top of the... Get out of here. Don't do the downward thing. You've you've already rocked. You've already rocked the fluorescent names. This this is a beautiful one, man. This is what this podcast is about. You're not, it's not like I always say this, right? When when me and Dave were first talking about this, we were talking about The Ringer. I'm going to drop my name, but they have a music podcast that's run by two music critics. No, that's not how we're doing it. This is people who've been through the shit. And also someone who is prospectively going to be in the shit. We're giving you the real talk. We're not We're not over here being like, oh, well, I think that this record wasn't as good as the previous three works. No, we are not
4: I can tell you that um, of all the shows that I've played and everything I've ever done, there's nothing as good as headlining a festival. That is about. That is the the pinnacle of it. I mean, that has to be the cool. Because you're 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 on after the sun's down. You're not getting the yeah. sun beat down on you. Nights nights upon us. Lights are going on. The fog's moving across. You can hear the fucking twenty thousand people out there, and you're the last ones. And that intro music hits, and you're like, "Fuck you, let's go."
2: And see, I've never had That's that. Awesome. I've always I, every festival I've ever done. Uh, I've been either the morning or early afternoon. I'm thinking like the last festival we did before quarantine was uh, Exponential Festival uh, in Camden, New Jersey. And the headliners that weekend were uh, Elvis Costello, Hosier, um, Blondie. Was the- it was a cool festival. It was really cool. It was right on the waterfront in Camden. And uh, we were like the first set of the festival. And I'm telling you, like people were still coming in and it was like 140 degrees. By the end of the set, though, the whole place was filled up, and it was on the side of a hill. It was really cool, but I want to get to the point where I can play a festival, and it's dark out. That's my goal. There's our Bonnaroo talk. There's our catching up on what happened in the music industry this past week. Let's get into what we're going to talk about before our interviews this week. We think that it's time that we get – like, we've gotten past the first 10 episodes, and we're going through our regular segments, but we feel like it's time – you guys have gotten to know us a little bit. Know more about us on a personal level. So what we're going to do here is we put up some polls on our Instagram this week to get some questions from listeners about what they want to know about us. And then we're going to actually ask each other a few questions so we can get to know each other more as friends instead of people that I actually hate. So let's go in on our first question. These are from the fans. Uh, the first question, Dave, was directed at you. Uh, and it says, Dave, who is the hottest cartoon character? Oh,
3: uh, the hottest car- Um, <laughs> I mean, they just... <laughs> Butchered her apparently, but Noah <laughs> Lola Bunny had like sweet perky ass tits.
4: If I don't want to fuck the rabbit, it's not the right rabbit.
3: It's no, yeah. I mean, I lo- gee, I, lo- I, lo-
4: I love that I love the outrage of Lola Bunny getting raped.
2: <laughs> we live in a weird society. Yo, hold a on. Real weird quick, world. Real quick. Uh fuck Mary Kill. Kenny hit it. Hit the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like so, looking around for it f mary kill lola bunny nala and the mom from the incredibles oh,
3: i haven't seen the i've only got seen a banging booty
2: <laughs> she's got a dumpy dude <laughs>
3: <laughs> she's got a fucking dumpy um <laughs> i mean you gotta fuck the mom for the story right <laughs> like y'all dude and she's, she's just, a human and she's a, a human <laughs> um uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna kill lola Even though I think she's the hottest, and then I'm very Nala. Nala like ride or die. All
2: right. Well, that was a really good way to start this segment. I like that, Kenny. We had one personalized for you, which you actually saw on Instagram today. Uh, Somebody said, "Will Kenny send me weed?" Kenny, will you send this person weed?
4: It's really cool that this podcast goes out into the public airways and all that kind of stuff. But yes, <laughs> I will send you weed. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. The, we, we, the FBI is on the other line right now watching me through my, my They've
4: camera. They've been watching me for a long time
2: anyway. You know what I mean? I had, quick, a qu- fucking them. I had a question that was based off that one. Do you have a favorite strain of weed?
4: Yeah, actually. Yeah, I do. In the last couple of years, I've come across a new strain. New in the last couple of years. It's called Skittles with a Z. Ooh. It is... A hybrid, sativa dominant, tastes and smells like fucking skittles. Best work creative weed I've ever smoked. Wow! See, that's uh, when you rage and know- brain firing, having a good time, laughing like skittles. And then there's a bunch of variations of skittles in there. Well, now we learned something today.
2: Where this is uh, very informative. Uh, okay, next thing. Uh, this one is for all of us. Who would be your dream guest on the podcast?
3: I've thought about this a lot. I mean, there's so many easy answers. Like, I would say there's nobody outside the realm of possibility right now aside from a small handful of people that are alive. So you got to give someone that's dead, right? If it's just a hypothetical question. I would love to interview, like, Sid uh, Sid Barrett or someone. Uh, just, get uh, the, just like, trip? Yeah, well, not, I mean, that'd be awesome, too. But that just, get, like, the behind-the-scenes, like, Yo, what the fuck happened of uh, Pink Floyd and <laughs> hey, everything? What happened with your brain, dude? Yeah, well, <laughs> what was that about? I mean, he's still alive and everything. I think he's still alive, right? No, Sid Barrett died. Sid, when did Sid Barrett die? Because uh, he was just like living in the in the like mental country of Ireland. Right? No, no, I don't. Sid Barrett went crazy.
2: Sid Barrett went.
3: I don't think that. I'm positive about up. this. Sid Barrett I know went to what, a I'll mental. I'll trust institution. You, I'll trust you. Yeah, that. Like, was, he like I was just never heard from him ever again. Was he? No. Yeah. So I I didn't know that the mental story institutions were uh, mental institution stories were real or anything.
2: Well, there you go. You learned today. Well, I would like to actually interview him. That'd be interesting. Kenny, do you have
4: anybody? I like weird brains. Is there literally anybody on Earth who does interviews better than fucking Trump? Honestly. (laughs) Like, Wait, are you I mean, tomorrow. You want the ratings going up, bro? That's what I'm talking about. That boy's about all those ratings, and he says the craziest fucking shit. And like, I'm here for it, you know. And I mean? you
2: could fight him on air. You could fight him. You, you know what I mean? True. Like, see, mine is kind. of... Kanye West would be my dream guest just to have him yell at
4: me for like in three hours. Wrap uh, his entire record to you for two hours.
2: But on a real note, right now, the people I'd be most interested in talking to would probably be Killer Mike and LP. I'd like to have those two guys on and talk to run the jewels. I think that'd be an amazing interview. I think I'd be very Yeah,
4: for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Killer Mike so far out there with like all the rad fucking shit talking to all the fucking political people so and like smart, activist dude. shit. Yeah, yeah, it's he really he's,
3: cool. I like sharp brains like him. He'd be an awesome, awesome interview.
2: Next question. Uh, Kenny, this one's for me and you. What's your favorite guitar that you own?
4: That one right there. If if we're talking about acoustics or electrics, I don't know. But this is a 1965 Epiphone Cortez that I bought in Austin on tour one time. I was in the market for a Gibson LG, like a 60s Gibson Lerner guitar. Mm. And I had one in my hand, and I was at the counter checking it out. And like in (laughs) Wayne's world... Off in the corner was this thing, and I'm like, what is that? I ended up buying this fucking thing. It's beautiful. Whenever Charitable I see guitars.
2: whenever I see a gu- or an Epiphone acoustic, I think of Paul McCartney. I think of the Beatles. That's what I, I think about. Um, I'm into that,
4: man. I, when I think of Paul McCartney, I think of Hofner basses, baby.
2: Yeah, oh, 100%. But I'm thinking if I'm like an acoustic guitar that Paul McCartney would play, I know he'd play that. Um, for me, How much did it- I- guitar cost? Yeah, what's the price tag on an Epiphone?
4: This one was like three Gs. Kind of. But it's got this really skinny neck on it. I love I got that. little I got little Asian hands. And when I picked it up and just played it, it's just like the most beautiful fucking concerto guitar. And nobody has one. I've never seen anybody else with an Epi Cortez. And one day, I knocked my studio chair into this fucking guitar. I was so upset. I almost threw up. I was so <laughs> fucking sad. I seriously started feeling sick. Like, I was so bummed on it.
2: Dude, my, my favorite guitar that I own is a – uh, it's like a Sonic Blue uh, Fender American Special Strat that Fender sent me after we – it was like a tour. And then we played this big show with Bon Jovi, and I came home, and it was sitting on my doorstep when I got home. So that was a cool
3: memory. That's pretty tight. Let Let me, yeah, my, that's it's tight. tight.
4: Check this out. So I just have a couple cool ones in here. This one, speaking of Fender, 1964 Duo Sonic. Ooh. used to be like the Mustang, but it doesn't have the tremolo. Went to a ma and pa guitar store in Boise, Idaho. This beautiful thing was sitting on the wall. Bought that fucking thing. Last one, this fucking piece of shit here I bought for 40 bucks at a flea market here in LA. First thing I did was write a song with a band called Night Riot. Shout out to Night Riot. I like called, Night Riot. Called Nothing Personal. That guitar wrote the song, made it onto the song, and became a top 10 alternative song from a $40 fucking flea market guitar
2: dude my, my second favorite guitar that I own is a $200 Takamine uh full dreadnought this big loud booby guitar thing, yeah uh, I got it for 200 bucks used because there's a slight crack in the uh in like the the shine or like the the sheen on top didn't care it's the best sounding guitar that I own it's not Some about guitars the are
4: magical, man.
2: They're magical, dude. I've gotten great songs out of the guitar. So that those would be our answers. Uh, here's another one. Describe yourself in three words. Think about Dwight Schrute, insatiable, jackhammer. That's that's the question. Describe yourself in three words. Dave, you go first.
3: Um, Lazy, <laughs> uninspired and doesn't give a shit.
5: It's not
2: three that's, words. It's not let's, three let's, words, but that's, that's close what,
3: what's a word that just, like, I don't Lethargic. care. Lethargic. Lethargic, but lethargic's more like you're indifferent, like, which I indifferent. am. Indifferent. Yeah,
2: I'm one.
4: indifferent. I'm indifferent. Kenny, what's yours? Weed. <laughs> <laughs> Surfing.
2: Non-cowardly hyphenated. Oh, that's a good one right there. Uh, for myself, I would say crazy. Crazy would be the first one. Uh, insatiable and jackhammer. I think that's a pr- that's a pretty good one right there. It's pretty. What,
3: what is jet like? Like are no, we, that's, are we making- that's from
2: the office. That's that's an office <laughs> quote. But I don't know. Uh, crazy. Um, uh, hardworking. If I want to go for like a corny one. And then I feel like Philly should be in there because I feel like it just... Fuck, it is what I...
4: Fuck I are you are very Philly, my
3: friend. Yeah, I think <laughs> you've mentioned that you're from Philly. like a Not in a bad way
4: either. You're just the epitome <laughs> of Philly, and I love Philly, man. I played man in I like America. Philly, too. Kenny,
2: real quick, you got to buzz the buzzer. I did it again. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. Uh, okay, that. and then final guess from the... the or final question from Instagram.
4: What's your favorite genre of music? This is a tough one from it's no not even hard not even for a second what is it kenny? straight up hip-hop and if you want to go decades 90s hip-hop see kenny and me are on the it's same thing j- better nothing better in the whole world everything else comes from it
2: i would love to say you're rock and roll because that's what i do hip hop's. i'm a hip-hop historian it's my favorite rock thing and roll is too white man facts big time facts even though it comes from blues which is there, there is no american music that is white music we know that that's a fact I mean, There's Chuck Berry
4: invented rock and roll, you know it what I mean? It comes from, blues. from the blues. But yeah. then the, the, the white people, fu- you know, fucked it all up, and then Incubus was born. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Dave, what's your favorite genre of music? Um, I've said this, like, many times. You'd think I was the biggest, like, pothead on the planet. No offense, Kenny. Kenny's taking exception to that. If uh, you just went by what my musical taste was, and, I like, my favorite band, Sublime, I hope we get a chance to talk to him soon. Slightly Stupid is one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, the Expendables, who are going to be interviewing next, next week, week or huh? the week after, one of my favorite bands. Uh, yeah, you reggae guy. Yeah, reggae rock. I um, love reggae. Marley.
4: Marley. It's actually reggae. pronounced
3: reggae. Reggae? Is it? Are you <laughs> no, fucking with me? No no, 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 no. I mean, I was like... Man, right, I, so. love, like, I love blues too, though. Like Southern Louisiana blues, John Mayer style blues. I fucking love it.
4: You know, it's a close second for me. I guess I'd have to say now that you're going back into that world, 70s soul. Oh, if yeah. you're ever, oh, yeah. at, if you're oh, ever yeah. DJing or you're ever at a party and it's your turn to put on the playlist or whatever it is, you can't go wrong with '70s soul. Curtis Mayfield oh, into yeah. the Funkadelics, like you just can. Everybody will have a great time.
2: I don't want to say I don't want to say Philly again, but the Philly sound,
4: <laughs> everything. It can, no, get out of here. No, I'm saying
2: uh, what Gamble and Huff did uh, with everything they did in the '70s. That's why people like Elton John and 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 David Bowie wanted to come to this this city uh, to produce like that. So I'm with Kenny on that. So those are our questions from Instagram this week. We're gonna do that every once in a while. Uh, before we move into our interview, quick, we are gonna ask each other a couple questions to get to know each other better. Uh, one specific to each of the other co-hosts and then one general one. I'm gonna start with Dave. This is a good question, this is a hypothetical. Dave, would you take an extra $50,000 a year, every year for the rest of your life, but the White Sox could never win a World Series?
3: Yes because they never will win another world series. Like I already sold my soul for 2005. That's just done and over like. I mean 50 grand
2: isn't that much money to sell out no, your franchise
3: not. forever. It's not, but I might as well get something out of these assholes. Do it
2: for less. <laughs> yeah, All I right. mean yeah,
3: you got well, How much you got in your wallet? Oh, I, I mean, this is a serious question. Open your wallet.
2: I got a fiver, dude. You uh, want five, a fiver? We're 7 we're bucks. We're in. <laughs> All right, so Dave just sold his franchise out. Uh, Kenny, I got one for you. Kenny, would you rather own a weed farm and become a weed mogul, a la Seth Rogen, uh, or become the next Max Martin?
4: Hold on. <laughs> he lights his <laughs> joint. <laughs> it's bay radio. Weed mogul. Weed is, weed is forever, man. <sighs> Bats. yeah probably probably be we i mean i just depends like if you if you talked to me 10 years ago maybe it was max martin but now that i've done all the stuff that i've done i'm kind of don't care it's like i just want to grow weed and smoke weed and sell weed and and fucking make the world a better place all right well that was an easy one there uh last one for me this is an easy one but what
2: did you guys want to be when you grew up dave what did you want to be when you grew up
3: i honestly it's the fucking cheesiest dumbest and easiest answer i never wanted to be anything but a baseball player. I actually And did then Jerry. I went and studied sports management and planned on going to law school so I could be like Jerry McGuire when I realized I stunk at baseball. And then I realized that I sucked in school and that like the if I applied to law school, they'd just be like LOL, nice try on the rejection letter.
4: <laughs> oh, that's <And> cute.
3: <laughs> like eventually I'm like, well, I'll just be a scout then. And I got offered a scouting job for twenty two thousand five hundred dollars. And I'm like, I don't want to be a scout anymore. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'll write about baseball. And I don't hardly even – I can hardly spell my name. But here we are. I'm doing it. Which is
2: why he's known as White Sox Dave. He can't spell Williams.
3: I Uh, can't even spell my own name.
2: Me and Dave actually had the same dream when we were kids because I wanted to be a baseball player. And uh, my dream died when I went to college and played baseball and realized I was a five foot ten white kid. And there was no chance that was happening. Uh, Shout out to Joey Wendell, second baseman
4: at Westchester University. He's a good ball player.
2: Went on to prove to me that I could no longer play baseball because he was that
4: guy. I went to school with uh, Drew Butera. He played for the Chiefs and the fucking Dodgers for a minute. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, what was your childhood dream? To be a fighter pilot. That's pretty badass. So I grew up, I'm the only male in my entire family who's not a military pilot. So that's where that comes from. I'm the first one to not be a pilot, not be in the military. I was like, guys, I'm just going to play guitar and move to California. And they're like, <laughs> you're going to do what? Well, you are a pilot now, right? You have a pilot. <laughs> I am, and- also, I, I oh, am wow. a pilot. I'm a private, That's cool. private pilot. Yeah, That's yeah. It's, it's pretty tight. Man.
3: That's pretty so you got to have some big brains. One of my best friends on the planet, uh, he just moved to Chicago like six or seven weeks weeks ago, uh, back to Chicago, I should say. And he spent the last 10 years in the military. Um, he did ROTC, he had to do. And he went to Notre Dame, Notre uh, Dame was graduated like top of his class in in uh, math and he says that fighter pilots are legit nerds like they're not the top gun badass tom cruise characters you think they are they're
4: nerds they're doing math in real time heavy math in real time all the time yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah for me music like that i always played i've been playing instruments since i was eight but like I knew I wanted, it was always something I did. I always knew I wanted to do it when I stopped playing ball in college, and I was like, "All right, this is where I'm going to go for it. This is like what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do." So that's how it goes. But uh, all right, do you guys have any questions? I got one for, got you. One for you. What oh, do you go got?
3: for? It.
4: Why are you such a cunt? <laughs> that's a good question. Hold on. Was that? Can for me we take or a Kenny? moment
2: to? Can we <laughs> okay, take yeah. a moment to appreciate the question? <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. It's in my blood, I guess. It's just the way I was brought up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> I was going to say it's the way he was raised.
3: <laughs> the, uh, so whenever I get into a confrontation, that's my favorite and not with a woman, I would never say that to a woman's face, but like, if I'm arguing with a guy and it's like a serious, serious, like actual genuine argument, I'm, I'm like, why are you such a cunt?
2: Dude? I can't say that word. Uh, I was traumatized as a kid. I learned that word in grade school and came home and said it to my dad
3: and he beat. No, the-
2: <laughs> so, not my dad, my mom. I, w- <laughs> oh, I remember yeah. exactly where I was. My dad walked in from work. I was standing on the second step. And my mom was in the kitchen. And my dad walked in and I said, hey, what's up, you? I said the <laughs> word. And my mom looked at me. She took, like, three steps, planted her feet, and went, mop. And I didn't even know what I said. Like, I didn't know what it – my ears, like, burn when I hear that word because I just get, like, <laughs> shot back in my childhood. So that's a real story. That's really what I God, happened. you'd hate <laughs> to
4: be in Australia, mate. Yo, I know. Yes, that's where I got word it from. Oh, you right? fucking cunt. Yeah, a, they it's say a it's word, like it. a term of endearment. uh kenny do you have any questions yeah okay i got some questions i wrote these down because they're kind of important (laughs) david yeah yo why is baseball so fucking boring that's a
3: good question man like i I know you've
4: gotten that question before now here's the thing i love going to games i love going to games i love eating dodger dogs and eating nachos and then every once in a while you hear the crowd go crazy so that you look up and you're like oh my god something's happening outside of that like i don't know man i, I couldn't
3: agree more man their baseball games are so much fun if, especially if i don't know, like a hot saturday afternoon with the boys you just get mm. shit faced. it's the best but watching on tv it's fucking brutal if can, i can can like, i, I, I want to be this watching for one this second? game right now yeah
2: can i be all right so kenny i had this conversation tonight uh with my my uh sister-in-law's boyfriend it's a good question Baseball is a thinking man's game. If you are in on baseball, yeah, it's more chess than it is sport. True, like, true, you, you true. Have to, you have to know. All right, there's a runner on second. Is he holding him on? Are they gonna bunt
4: him over? You have to think constantly. I have a buddy who I swear is like has a little bit of Asperger's. <laughs> Biggest baseball fan in the world, but he's obsessed with the numbers. Yeah, all yeah. the numbers and all the stats and all the numbers. I get all. I get all that. It's talking, going back to the TV thing. What was it? Two years ago or something like that? World Series. It was like an eighteen inning night. I, I watched it. that fucking game until like five in the morning in Chicago. I was in no, Chicago. Yeah, it, it, that's that was the Cubs and the Indians. That was an I fucking watched that it was an, shit. It was an okay. awesome fucking game. That was the I game. watched the whole I watched the whole thing. I loved it. I had a Play great time. Then I started going. To games.
3: But like Play a mundane baseball. day game, like I watched Yankees and Blue Jays today, and I was like,
4: this shit is so fucking boring.
3: It can be but yeah. as boring yeah. as it
4: is. I even got into it because my guitar player in A. Drew Stewart. What up, Drew? He's a huge baseball fan, golf fan, sports fan. He like caddies mm-hmm. for Michael Jordan, all this shit. But he used to drag me to the minor league games in all the different cities that we would go to, I, I just because there'd be a one p.m. game somewhere, and Dude, you're that's like, that's fucking awesome. Those My games are it. so much fun though, because the food's usually bomb. Yep. A yeah, a lot of
3: times they got dollar beer nights so you can just go get wrecked for, it, and they don't have yep. the seventh inning cutoff rule. And I would say though, is there anything?
4: Is, is there anything better though than an, a live? Basketball game. That's just what where my brain's going. No, but you to. also have to understand, yo, baseball
2: isn't as much about being physically dominant as it is strategy. Like you do have yeah. to be physically gifted, but when you watch a basketball game or a football game, you're watching physical dominance on every play. And it's fast paced and all this. But if you're a baseball guy and you understand like everything that goes into it. It's kind of like watching golf in a certain perspective. Golf can be But Who do you
4: think are better athletes, baseball players or basketball players?
2: Basketball players are better cardiovascular yes. athletes.
3: But as far as
2: like, what's harder to get brute strength. Oh, basketball, hundred percent. I was going to say baseball for
3: brute strength. I mean, you got the steroid guys, which are yeah, 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 few yeah, yeah, and yeah. far between now Base. So the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a pitch straight up. Like the, the best players on the planet fail 70 times at hitting a pitch. Yep. but a lot of the times those best players aren't athletes by like athletic standards they couldn't play any other they
4: just are very gifted they wear thing. jewelry while playing while play. sports yeah it's, it's fucking one I time i can't stand that and my time I peed, was, worst, was most guilty of it one time when i was like nine years old i peed my pants at the plate <laughs>
3: <laughs> true story i'm not even fucking eight. Eight. kidding i not would even love to again. see that video Yo, before- did, I, did anybody rip on you like all your teammates
4: Nobody even knew until I got in the car. My dad's like, what the fuck is that smell? And it turns out it was me because I pissed my pants on the plate. All right, Kenny, do you have a question for me? Yeah, I do. What the fuck is up with Wawa? Why do all these people love Wawa sandwiches? It's a fucking gas station. Granted, I've never had one. But also at the same time, like, grow up. A little bit, you know. It's a it's it's a special relationship that we have here. Is it a like, Philly thing? Because the only oh, person 100%. I know that was obsessed like with Wawa thing. was from Philly.
2: Yeah, it's 100% a Philly thing. Uh, there's one on every single street corner uh, in mine in Northeast Philly. Uh, our neighborhoods go basically by streets, so Morel Park, Parkwood, Shalfont. They're all like basically street, three streets apart, and each of them have their own Wawa. They're everywhere.
3: They're fucking everywhere.
2: They're Can't like the
3: 7-Eleven and people fucking swear by them out there. Like, oh, yeah. You know. No, trust me.
2: We, I just had this conversation. It's not good. It's not good. It's convenient. It's there and it's us. So that's yeah, why. Because if you
4: compare it to 7-Eleven, I'm like, that food's awful. The oh, worst. No, <laughs> no Wawa's, be not,
2: Wawa's better than 7-Eleven, but it's not it as good as a normal restaurant. Like It's just, not like, as classic as 7-Eleven. Listen, if you're hammered and you show up to Wawa and you're getting chicken finger hoogie, You're good. Chicken finger hoagie. Chicken finger hoagie, bro. Uh, All right, yeah, so there's our questions for the week. I feel like we've gotten to know each other a little bit better, guys. This was great. Um, We're going to go into our interview now with Caleb from Colony House. We're going to come back, do on the list, off the list, and then go into our pick of the week with the Bluestones. (laughs) Yeah! All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have the front man for the fabulous Colony House. We have Caleb Chapman here with us today. Caleb, thank you for being here today, brother.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: No problem. We always start off right away with a question, but today I'm actually starting off with a quote. Okay. Uh, I just got to watch the first part of Everybody is Looking for Some Light, the movie you guys just put out. Yeah. And the quote that I took out of it was, being in a band is like being on a Little League baseball team with your best friends. Dreaming that one day you're going to make it to the majors, but it's just going to take some time. I don't know that I've ever heard a better quote to describe (laughs) being a musician on your way up, dude, that you nailed it.
0: Hey, I was proud of that one. Not going to (laughs) lie. Not going to lie.
2: Dude, with, with, you know, the grind and the way that it is and coming up as an artist, you guys have been at it since 2009. I feel like we've been around the same amount of time, right? Yeah. Is it crazy to look back on the early days and the grind and the mistakes and everything up into where you guys are today?
0: Yes. It's crazy. I think the crazy thing about it is like, we it still all feels the same. I, yeah. I it like, no matter how much I th- you have to look back to kind of see where you've come from. Right. I think that kind of cliche is there because it's so easy to get into the monotony of it all. Mm. And you're like, and it all still feels the same until you look back and you're like, well, remember 10 years ago, it might feel the same, but we were playing here or we were, you know, driving this many hours for, you know, whatever, I, you know, whatever the, the growth is uh, isn't usually measurable until you take the time to be like, well, we have come pretty far guys. Let's remember that.
2: Bro, so. There's no moment. Like when you're with your boys in the band and you're just like sitting back drinking a beer and you're like, yo, do you remember that crappy show we played in like Lexington, Kentucky to three people? And now yeah. we're out here selling out shows. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think, too, that quote was perfect because Dave's a baseball guy. So that, like, linked it, it perfectly, bro. It linked it
5: perfectly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and you can use any sports analogy for anything in life, not just music, just anything in life that, like, it helps, you know, like, Colin, we were talking prior to the show. It's, like, gives a good summation to me. And as soon as you said that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, because, <laughs> I mean, there was times when I was growing up playing baseball and I played through college and everything that. Like I want to absolutely kill my teammates, yep. but right after the game, we were you know hugging it out and and going crazy over a win, or wanted to beat each other's faces in because of the loss. I'm sure yep. behind the scenes for every band ever, it's the exact same thing. So I'll ask you, what is like? I mean, I mean, like that's a brotherhood. That's your band right yeah. there. It's four of you guys. Like, what's the most pissed off you've ever gotten at at one of your uh, bandmates? <laughs> Or, and what's like the most, yeah. like on the top of the mountain, you're like, we fucking did this. Like you're cracking beers just around campfire. Like, holy shit, we're here.
0: Yeah. Uh. So my, my actual brother is in the band uh, as well. So that, yeah. that is awesome. Most of the time. Most of uh, the time. <laughs> early on, early on me and my brother would have, you know, like one night, uh, <laughs> one night, we, we got home, we did like four shows, it was a short little run. They were all pretty close to Nashville, but they were all like overnight drives. We were like playing a show, then we'd get in the van, drive to like three or four in the morning, play the next show, and we did that for like four days, just busting them out. And then we drove home and got home at like three or four in the morning. I'll try to make it this story brief, but pretty much Will's car wouldn't start when we got home. Everyone was tired and my brother was like, hey, let me take the van. And for whatever reason, this is totally my fault, but I was just like, <laughs> no, no, you're not gonna take the van. You should take care of your car so this doesn't happen. You're gonna take the van, you're gonna drive it till it's empty, and then you'll bring it back, and then you'll fix your car, and then the van will have to fill up the tank, you know? <laughs> and it was just one of those, like, it was stupid. I should have just been like, hey, yeah, sure, take the van, just bring it back and fix your car tomorrow. But we were all tired, and it just it got you know it escalated so quick where we're calling each other a bunch of things and uh and it got to the point where I pulled off leaving him in the dust and he like screamed something uh and uh I won't repeat it because (laughs) I I don't want to paint my brother in that light but it pissed me off and I I got out of the car and I got out of the car so quick I forgot to put it in park so my (laughs) car's My my car started rolling backwards. <laughs> and I was like, then my brother's like, you're an idiot. Your car's going to roll up. And so I jumped back in my car, put it in park. And then we had it out on the concrete, just like throwing fists. Like it was the closest we'd gotten to like sending each other to the hospital. It was just like we got to the point where we were both headlocking each other and we're like, what are we doing? It's brother warning. Bro. We're going to kill each other. That was kind of this breaking point where. I drove off. I was crying. He was crying, (laughs) and I drove back. And the funniest thing is, is we I drove back, didn't say a word, and I was like, "Let's look at your car." And so I helped him. You know, four in the morning, looking at his car, and I was like, "Let's just try starting it." again. we get in the car, and of course, it cranks right up. up. So get uh, dad involved. (laughs) No, didn't nearly did, but it was it was a pretty like it's a funny story, but it was actually a pretty brutal like awakening of like this is not worth that, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I think that was a breaking point for me and him to just be like, hey, if it's gonna get that intense, we know plenty of brothers in bands that don't talk to each other anymore. The or are, effect. yeah, like that was never worth it to us. So we kind of, that was several years ago now, but figured out like if it ever gets there and in like kind of crosses threshold, we're just going to leave this behind. Not worth it. So, I so. mean,
2: dude, it's the post drive delirium. I remember yeah. one of our first runs back, we were on the way back from Nashville and we all had all the gear in one like RV. Yeah. And I remember our drummer at the time was super pissed off. He just wanted to get home and we were all asleep. And instead of taking the RV to where we were all going to unload, he just drove right to his house and unloaded all his shit and just left the oh, RV there. So dear. we were all like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, there's, oh, yeah. no, there's yeah. no feeling like that. Yeah. So what's the what's the most on top of the world moment you guys have had?
0: Uh, let's see. Okay, so he, this one's pretty recent. Um, In October, when we finished that film, we we, in the middle of the pandemic, no one was playing shows. We decided we're going to put on a drive-in movie and then play a concert after invite everyone to come to our hometown. And we were like, I don't know how this will go, but when we put it on sale, it sold out immediately. And so we put another one on sale. And so, and that one pretty much sold out. So we ended up doing two of these massive drive-in shows where all of our fans came from all over the country. And, um, And we were able to like premiere the film on this huge screen and then we like we played this epic show with you know like more production than we've ever had i mean i think it was like a 40-foot screen it was huge and then it was just one of those like it felt like we we defied the odds a little bit like we shouldn't have been the band to be able to pull that off i mean it was like it's one of those shows that if it fell through I mean, we'd be, like, in big trouble. Yeah. There's a lot of cash on the line. Yeah and, yeah, and it was just, like, but we felt not only that it was important for ourselves and, like, to continue to create, but, like, it when we played that show, it just felt like a sigh of relief. Everyone was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's going to be okay, you know?
2: Yeah, Yo, uh, and, and so with, with the movie, right? Yeah. Did you guys have that pre-plan that you were doing this movie before the pandemic? no. So no. you literally, you pivoted and you said, okay, we can't play shows. We need content, we're just gonna drop this.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and it, it was just gonna be like a few videos. Like, oh, it'd be cool to show them behind the scenes stuff. And as I started editing it together, I, I like realized, I think there's actually a cool story here about like pretty much <laughs> when life hands you lemons, what are you right, gonna do right. with it, you know? Uh, and it turned into this feature length film and it was just kind of a special uh we definitely created it for for our fans um but I, we've had people that know nothing about the band say really kind things about it and um yeah it was just like it was it was kind of our question like the question that was posed through the entire world in march or april of 2020 like hey what are you going to do now? Exactly. Like that was our, an- that film was our we, answer.
3: We've that. talked to a ton of different musicians, Corey Wong. Um, He started a podcast and he's got his yeah. series Wong notes, uh, Chris Shifflett. He's kind of more laid back. He's like, I don't know. He's a food fighter though. He doesn't, he doesn't need <laughs> yeah. to care. He doesn't really yeah. need to care, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody uses the same word. Everybody uses the word pivot and they're like, what are we going to do? We need to make money too. And we can't do that. Just, you know, torn because you're not allowed to, and it's not safe. And totally. you, you guys coming up with this idea, like, Hey, we'll throw a driving movie there. You can be socially distant that that's an awesome fucking idea. Yeah. Like, yeah, have thanks, you guys, man. uh, thought about doing that more into the summer? I know it's, you know, it's hopefully dying down the pandemic yeah. with yeah. the vaccine rollout. But, uh, what are you guys planning on
0: moving forward? Uh, as Corona still does exist in our, yeah, life? Totally. We've thought about it. It's pretty daunting, like trying to catch lightning in a bottle, you know, like it was a real special moment. And we've, we've planned out like, well, what if we invited other artists and did like almost yeah, like a yeah. drive-in festival? We haven't like totally hung that up yet. Like we're still thinking about it. Um, But uh, we've been cre- like in the studio a lot more, trying to be ahead of it so that when, you know, touring does come back, we're ready to like, drop new music. That's right. been our biggest focus right now. It's just like, Hey, let's just go ahead. It's a little quicker than we would get back in the studio normally. Um, cause we're just touring, touring okay. band. We like, we like touring, but, uh, so that that's kind of been our focus right now. Um, so uh, slowly we've done like colleges are starting to do like outdoor shows and like try everyone's like dipping their toe in the water. Yeah. Uh, it's tricky. It's tricky because you don't want to be those guys that like Yeah. Be that. yeah <laughs> you, don't to, you don't you don't, wanna you wanna be do you don't want to don't be the
2: Chase there. Rice who throws a right. show way too fast and then all of a sudden totally. you're the
0: the yeah. uh,
2: subject of online ire. Well yeah, you have one big show you already booked, obviously Bonnaroo's lineup just came yep. out.
0: Yeah we talked yep. about that
2: in the beginning of this episode. First off, the day you guys are supposed to play, hell of a lineup.
0: Hell yeah. of a lineup. Pretty dope.
2: Is there a part of you got like within the band that's looking at it and you're like, oh my God, we have this huge date on our our books. Is there a part of you that's like, God, I hope this actually happens? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I don't think so. Not that it shouldn't be that. Like I feel like we should feel that way, but we were supposed to play it last year Mm. and it kind of got, we just got carried over to this year. So maybe it just feels like, well... If it doesn't happen this year, maybe we'll they'll just push us. Just to the slide next it one. back for a third straight year. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. We'll we see. have uh
2: we have another uh our pick of the week this week is Tark from the band The Bluestones, awesome band okay. out of Canada. And one of my questions to him is something I've been talking with the band a lot about. You guys are a big touring band, and we all have that feeling when we go on the road of like, God, I hope people show up when we go to these cities that we're not from. Oh right? yeah, dude. That feeling for me is intensifying as shows come back because I haven't done it in a year. Are you right. having any anxiety of, like, returning to shows and being like, I I, I don't remember how to do this in a certain perspective?
0: Uh, I feel not totally. I feel like the anxiety is, like, uh, you know, like, the prep that goes in the tour. That's what I I'm kind yeah. of already feeling anxious about. As far as, like. For me, if people don't show up, at least we have a pretty good excuse this time. Like, ah, yeah, been- that's yeah,
1: true. They must have just been scared,
0: you know. Like, that, you know. <laughs> so y- usually it's like, sorry, I don't know. I don't know why people. It was an <laughs> off night. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. I just- yeah, exactly. <laughs> this time we can at least write it off. We can. There's a good scapegoat out there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, getting into the swing of things again, like, re- kind of repositioning yourself to leave home, leave your family, all that stuff uh that is the daunting part. I
2: see the for ring me. on your I see the ring on your finger and I've had this conversation with a couple different uh musicians that I've had on the podcast but uh how has it been for your wife to be at home and uh you being at home is she enjoying it and is she <laughs> at the point yet where she wants you to get the fuck out of the house? <laughs> uh
0: depends on what day it is. I think more more than not she's pretty pumped to have us at home. We we uh or all of we're all married so all of our wives are excited to have us home but um we just spent a week in the studio in in uh oklahoma and that was like dipping our toe back in the water like hey remember you do like me because when i'm gone it's a little harder right yeah and uh and that was the case (laughs) so we're still still healthy over here bro we have uh because we we we're usually in our
2: rehearsal space like two three nights a week and then uh I remember when I first started going back to the rehearsal space with the band, once we started to get more of a clearance, my yeah. wife being like, dude, I hope this isn't like a regular thing all the time. And I'm like, this is what I do. I don't know, <laughs> I you know what you're right? me. This is what I do. Totally, but man. On the note of kind of 2020 and we're getting, we're getting back to normal a little bit. Well, what do you yeah. think the most important thing you've learned in the past year was?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question. Most important thing. Okay. From, a, from just a logistical like business place, I think it's been a great time to reassess like what is necessity and what is just kind of the rhythm that we got into, whether or not we needed to or not. I, I think we, for us, it was like you write and record an album and then you go and tour that thing for like two, three, until it's in the ground, till everyone wants new, something new and I think it's been nice reassessing like, Hey, we're kind of surviving this right now. And not only we're surviving, like there's elements of our business that are thriving. So do we have to go play 200 shows a year? Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Maybe that's changing and, or do like with doing this drive-in show, like we really were able to put on something that like was next level. Is there something to like, you know, doing less, but at a higher, you know, quality, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, there's been a lot of like reassessing the business that has been like learning a lot about like what you're worth, you know, where you, how you create better, how you create worse, all that stuff. From a personal standpoint, um, I think, man, I don't know, just like not making decisions on uh, because you're afraid of something like not, not letting that be the reason uh, like, I find myself like, oh, I don't know if we should do that because I'm afraid that that's usually where I'm like, well, let's not make the decision yet. If it's because we're afraid that something might happen, we're afraid that, you know, we'll fill in the blank. You, there's, you can be afraid of a lot these days
2: well, We're this is a very fear-based industry. Uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of fear goes into this, but it's really I've had that conversation a lot of, we will not do things based on fear because that is yeah. generally how we wind up making decisions. So that's actually yeah. really, those are both really, really great
0: answers, dude. You thought of that on <laughs> your feet. I like that. I'm just throwing it out there. It doesn't mean that I uh, there's a lot of yeah uncertainty here ahead and i think that's why I've, we're trying to position ourselves like man everyone's coming at all of this from a different angle and we really try to respect that with how we operate our you know our with as a band personally but you're also going to you're going to kind of rock the boat at some mm-hmm. someone's not going to like what you're doing because they think you shouldn't even be out of your house yet yeah, or someone thinks you know the other person could be like why are you even wearing a mask it's you know oh, like God. it's like you've got both you've got both people and if we you know we say both people are welcome you know it, it, they're both people should be able to listen to our music yeah. how do you how how do you handle that you i'll know? be honest dude i
2: think about that kind of stuff all the time <laughs> and i think working with kenny and dave you guys are both very like i don't know if the word fearless is i want to use but I'm getting out of my own head a little bit. And I, and I think yeah. that's very important. Um, but there, there is one thing in that in that you said, and it's it's eliminating certain things and doing things different ways. And Dave, I wanted to bring this up because you're talking about the drive-in movies. I think we should take the podcast. When we go back on tour, we should do a podcast live and also play a show. Oh, uh, yeah. Some sort oh, of super yeah. thing going on. Let's fucking Let's go. go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, dude, so looking at everything – we always do this one segment on the podcast called what the fuck have you been listening to? Okay. So recently, what is it that you and the guys in the band have been listening to?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, we're always, we've always been big Kings of Leon fans. Oh yeah. It makes a lot uh, of sense. So, so, so their, their new album, we love, we kind of love anything. They can't really do anything wrong for us. So, uh, we've been listening to that a lot. um, Oh, shoot. We were just, uh, I, so this producer we we're working with last week works uh, with this band out of Oklahoma called Broncho. Mm. Uh, and they're like this kind of like punk, I don't know, just kind of cool, understated rock band. Uh, and they've, they've done some cool tours and I've always been a fan, but after working with, uh, this producer, I went back and listened to their stuff a little bit. Um, and I, I think it's rad. It's just a fun listen, like nice, like background. Like you can listen to it for days, you know? Hell yeah. Um,
2: anything weird, anything like what's a guilty pleasure?
0: Ooh, Um, what would be a guilty pleasure for a recent guilty pleasure? And I don't bumping know. Bumping the new Bieber record or anything like that? Hey, you know, I haven't, I haven't bumped the whole thing, but he, one of those songs, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. If it's not me, is it that it... peaches song? Because that peaches no. song is everywhere, bro. No, it's not that. It was one that came out. It was. It's off that album. But there's some stuff on that for sure. I'm. Not, I've. I. I don't really have guilty pleasures because it's like I, if I like it, I like it. If you, you like it, I like, like it. Uh, I don't feel too much guilt. I honestly just don't listen to a ton of music. It's weird. Uh, I feel like my drives are usually i do that's where i usually do most of my thinking so it's usually quiet uh i listen to music when i'm mowing
3: everyday music. shit like yeah. us like us bumps. Yeah. i think it's funny <laughs> when,
2: i think it's funny when i'm mowing my lawn and people like see me with my headphones in and i have high white socks on they probably think i'm listening to like country or some shit and i'm yeah, just yeah. listening to young thug or like future right.
3: or, in the oh, yeah, tr- out there
2: cutting my lawn
3: um, well, i talk you, to myself when i cut the grass
2: you probably do talk to yourself while you
3: cut the grass <laughs> like i'm catch myself like talking to myself because for some reason even though there's a loud ass motor going right to <laughs> from you and it's just like so obnoxious i'll find yeah. myself talking to myself yeah, you're probably the real normal bro <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you and and i've so kenny carkeed of a formerly of AWOL nation uh okay. does this show with us and he's not here today obviously but um he's got such a fuck you attitude and he like the first day he joined with us he was talking about how he just like like he doesn't give a fuck he doesn't give a shit about anything and he's like talking about like dude this song fucking sucks it's the same (laughs) shit you hear over and he's not talking Uh, about like a a particular song he's just talking about how it's like everything's so cliche nowadays and i always kind of thought so but what like what do you look for in just any given song that either you're like, I love this song or this song fucking
0: blows. <laughs> I, d- I think, I think that if I'm a Nashville boy, like I love a good story in a song. So if you can tell me a story, I don't care who you are telling me the story. If you got my attention, I'm in like you, you've won me over. So whether that's like old, like Glenn Campbell, you yeah. know, like talking, just writing about whatever, um, or if it's Justin Bieber, like if you tell me a good yeah. story, I'll I'll listen. Uh, the stuff to me that I'm just like I can roll my eyes at and just be like, come on. I think it's just it's the, it's the songs that feel like they're capitalizing on like a certain time frame. Yep, a hundred percent, bro, hundred like, percent. I don't know. I don't have any specific examples, but it's where it's like, man, if we write. If we write this type of song right now, right we can now, yeah, uh, where you can tell there's like it just feels slimy, you know, yeah. like, um, I'm glad to hear somebody else say that because I've been saying
2: that a ton, and yeah. it's even like, okay, so right now, this song is really popular on TikTok. If we make something sound kind of like this, we might, you know, get yeah. the algorithm. It's like, dude, totally. where is your freaking soul? Yeah, <laughs> where, where is your authenticity? That kills totally, me. Man. Do, totally. do you ever spend any time writing on Music Row? you ever get into the, the game and write with any of the country singers?
0: I've done a few co-writes and I'll go ahead and say like, it can be either the best, it can be the coolest experience. Yep. When you're with like a true G who's like been there for years and yeah. like knows how to churn out songs, but they're like next level. That's when it's like, oh my gosh, there is a craft to this and yeah. this person has has perfected it. I've sat in those rights and I've also sat in them where it's like, you know, they're just going after the moment. Like, hey, if, you know, movies want to hear the word legends, we should write a song uh. with the word legends, <laughs> you yeah, know, or something like that, where you're just like, all right, you, and I'm pretty like, go with the kind of guy. I'll Not just in my head, on. I'm like, well, hey. <laughs> I'll get, I'll write you a song about legends and then I'll get out of here and I'll go show my band. And well, like, here's the thing. Yo, sir, to this, it's like you're
2: in the room. You're like, I'll go with the flow. And then you wind up at three crow or red door East after that. And you're like, dude, you won't believe what this fucking dude is. Exactly. Me
0: to about. Totally.
2: So I've spent a lot of time writing. I write for c So I go down there. I do the, I do the row thing and yeah there's always the rights because you meet some really good friends doing that. But then there's also rights where it's like a half an hour in and the guy is just there to fill time. And he's like, Mm. you want to go to bar taco and get hammered? It's
0: like, no, I'm down here. I'm down here to write, bro. Yeah. Yeah. We're (laughs) working, pal. Like, no, I'd rather just go home and write my own song and not waste my time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I've kind of, I've dipped my toe in it. I think I've said dip my toe like three times so far. So I've said just fuck any
2: time, so we're kind of on the
0: same page. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we have a, like, shot collar like a dog we're going to get on. Actually,
2: this all this, on this episode, Kenny has a buzzer because I'm trying yeah. to say the word less, and every time I say it, he buzzes me, so I'm just going to have to add him in. Nice, that.
0: nice, dude. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I've kind of, like, I have reserved that space kind of for like the off season more or less where it's like, okay, you know, if I'm just kind of hanging out and it's, it's kind of the off season, I'll go do like, you know, fill, fill a week for me and, exactly. uh, and kind of, it's good learning experience.
2: You know, as we're wrapping this up and we've talked about Tennessee a lot, are you a Titans Preds guy? Or are you like a U of T guy? Or are you, Who? what's your squad down
0: there? Uh, Titans. I, I went to like when I was a kid, um, I was at like all the Titans games when they were. I think when they first came, they were still the Oilers.
1: Yeah, they were. And
0: uh, yeah, and so I mean, I remember being at the an Oilers game when the they were still playing in the Vanderbilt Stadium, wow. and and the lights went out in the middle of the game. It was like, is this really a pro team? Or, shouts, out, shouts out Hillsboro Village. That's right, man. Uh, and then like we we actually went to the Super Bowl where the Titans played the Rams. Oh, wow. So like. We were pretty pretty big fans. How uh, old were you for, uh, for that? I, for that, gosh, what I, year was that? That was like that 99, was, 2000. Yeah, so, yeah, 99, that was it, you're right. Uh, so I would have been 10, 11. Yeah. So, so prime, just- Scarred for life it, watching Kevin scarred
3: Dyson reaching out for the goal line, bro. <laughs> Knows Uh-oh. he's down, but he's still trying to reach across. I know, yeah. it
0: was beautiful though, like how epic. Of a, I mean, it's an iconic Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, know, like, absolutely. Like,
2: but now I know you're a Tennessee guy because we talked about this last week on the podcast. We talked yeah. about this. Okay. If that was in Philly, and I'm from Philadelphia, if, if it was in Philly and I went to a Super Bowl and Terrell Owens reached out his hand and misses the goal, I would never have anything positive to say. You went, <laughs> man, that was beautiful. I, I would have been like, never talk about that to me again. Because I was saying I went to a Preds game when I was down there writing. And yeah. uh, every, we lost in overtime and everybody was so, they were like, like consoling me as I walked out of the stadium. They were like, man, you guys played a great game. And I was like,
4: don't even do that. Just be mean <laughs> to me. You guys in Tennessee are too nice, bro. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we're all we're all looking for poetry and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, it's poetic, man. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the
2: most honest thing I've ever heard. Dude, Caleb, this has been outstanding, man. We really appreciate the time. Yeah, uh, dude. Thank so you. So I know you just had the movie come out or and I know you guys are are working on new music. Do you expect to drop something soon just to piggyback off what you've just released, or are you gonna take your time?
0: Sooner. Sooner than you might expect.
2: Mm. All right, we'll
0: That's put that out I'll in the say. world, brother. Dave, anything else you got, man? Uh,
3: no, just uh, keep doing what you guys do. You guys got a good thing going, and I'm looking forward to hopefully putting this pandemic behind us so I can see you guys live. Yeah, dude. Eventually, get up Chicago with Foxtrot, and
1: Yeah, dude. We'll oh, join dude, we'll, something.
3: We'll blow something yeah. up for
0: you, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: Caleb, thank you very it. much, my man. All right, so that was our interview with Caleb from Colony House. If you're going to Bonnaroo this year, make sure you stop by on Sunday and see Colony House. Great guys, great music. Check your stuff out on Spotify. Uh, before we get into our interview with the Bluestones, let's go into on the list, off the list. My on the list this week is, is, is important because I think it was a moment in history in sports. My on the list is Paul Pierce. I don't know if anybody saw what just happened over the last 24 hours of Paul Pierce. Kenny, Dave, did you see this? No, but I love Paul Pierce. Okay, so Paul Pierce, <laughs> I can't believe nobody saw this. Uh went on Instagram live at his house. Just looking absolutely fried with a bunch of strippers and a bunch of his friends. Oh yeah, I saw it, I saw and it. And I one of the best things I saw, somebody tweeted and said he looks like Slurm's McKenzie from if you ever watch uh <laughs> Futurama, the the character no. alien character who is supposed to be like Spuds McKenzie. He just looked fried and tired. He just looked like he had partied himself out, but he was like smoking swishers like on on the live.
3: It wasn't a swisher he was smoking there.
2: No, I know. It was a swisher Collins. blunt. I yeah, was a swisher yeah. blunt, but like, <laughs> yo, the memes in response to Paul Pierce going live with a bunch of strippers at his house were outstanding. So shout out to Paul Pierce. I hate him for being a Celtic, but that
3: was amazing. Yeah, hey, so I, I fucking out.
4: hate the Celtics, but I love Paul Pierce. What do you want me to
3: do? There's nothing worse to me than when Austin Sports? Boston well, sports, yes. well uh, Boston, I like nuke it till it glows. the entire fucking city. <laughs> the um is when you like something that on a, a player on a team that you hate. They do something that makes you go like, oh, I like this guy because I
4: love maybe like them. Don't, don't make me, don't make me make like me them. Like
3: him. Yeah,
2: I keep talking about T-shirts. Don't make me like them has to be Kenny's T-shirt. That is Kenny's catchphrase. One hundred fifty percent. It's pretty accurate. For a lot of like scenarios. Him. Uh, Dave, who's on your list?
3: All right. On my list is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I, I was going to go an athlete, too. So you kind of threw me because I like to be like outside the box. But um, I did horchata last week. I had some more horchata today. Um, <laughs> know what I'll go with? I'll go with nicotine. Nicotine's the shit. And that is a fucking fact. There's Shots nothing nicotine, better dude. than nicotine. So uh, nicotine, you can play on my team any God bless you.
4: Most like people don't trespass, know that nicotine's yes. actually good for you. It's a weird thing that most people you don't know,
3: know. Who would know better than the good people at the American tobacco industry? A hundred
4: percent. They know, like, obviously, they would look know how much money know. they're making.
3: Yeah, they're, I mean, why would they, they don't, if you're dead or if you're unhealthy and you quit using nicotine,
4: you're not spending money on them. A hundred percent. It's just logic, really.
3: Yeah.
2: There is nothing like a nice, uh, like a nice nicotine shot after, after a night of drinking.
3: It just sends you oh, to Oh, it's a the bubble. best. It's a wonderful it's place. It's the absolute best. nicotine.
4: Damn, that, what that, a fucking a, that's guy. That's a good one right there, Dave. I like that. Kenny, who's on your list? On my list tonight is Nicolas Cage. I recently went through like, Con Air, I National Treasure, National Raising Treasure's Arizona, the, the Rock, fucking Face Off. Like, come on, man. He may be a fuck face now, but like, dude, those the, string of I, I wish I
3: could be Nicolas Cage. The coolest human 100%. being of all time.
2: Nicolas Cage. 100%. Yo, A great story from my childhood. I was on a field trip and they were shooting National Treasure at the uh, at the uh, Ben Franklin Institute in Center City. And they were like, everybody used to steer clear here. And I saw Nicolas Cage walking down the stairs as they were filming him walking down the stairs. That really happened. Did you
3: like (laughs) I mean, did you like piss yourself? Did you come yourself? Did you like Did you shake? I, I was mean, that's eight. God right there.
2: I was eight, so I don't know. Probably like uh, a mixture of both. Uh,
4: there I mean, is, the there is maybe no better actor in the history of acting. <laughs> there might not be he a better human. A better, <laughs> I don't think there is a better
3: human. He is like, like we were, you were talking about National Treasure. I just watched that stupid fucking, uh, what's it called, movie the other night? The Tom Hanks movie? The Holy Grail movie?
4: Oh, The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci, the Vinci Code. Man. I just watched that the other night,
3: and... Uh, like, I think that he might be the last line of Jesus's blood or whatever. Nicolas
4: Cage, Nicolas Cage, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. could also, could you imagine how much better the Da Vinci Code would have been if Nicolas, Nicolas Cage, Cage played Cage. Tom <laughs> Hanks's part exactly? What movie, what movie wouldn't be made better by Nicolas Cage
3: swapping out the lead role? Like, he sure. I wish he would have painted Kate Winslet's tits in Titanic. Like, imagine that, um, Nicolas,
2: Nicolas Cage playing Denzel it. Washington's part in Training Day. It would I have been amazing. He, perfect. It would have been perfect. Perfect, perfect. Would have perfect. In heaven. Well, that, that's another... Uh, Anything whole, Daniel Day-Lewis is in, just put s- Nicolas Cage in there. The Phantom Thread with Nicolas Cage? Kid kidding me? I there will be
3: blood asleep. with Nicolas
4: Cage? There will be blood with Nicolas Cage. I know
3: what? I got an even better idea. He should just do what Mike Myers does in the Austin Powers movie. Play every with single every fucking character. character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm with he that. needs
2: to be in a Marvel movie. He needs to be like uh, a major superhero, like a big-time superhero, but just be Nicolas Cage. Like be Captain America, but just be Nicolas Cage. I would love that. That's a good one. All right. So off my list is Spotify, for a very specific reason. I hate the fact that Spotify doesn't have classic old mixtapes on their streaming services because artists can't clear the samples. They have to stay on Datpiff or SoundCloud or something like that. I was working out today, and I all I wanted to do was listen to the Drought Three by Low Wayne, and it's not on there because he can't clear samples. Not up, Spotify. And put old mixtapes on there. I want Action Bronson.
4: I want the Blue Chip series on there. I want. I, I and just, also pay your fucking artists. Just, yeah, well, that's obvious. Yeah, pay your artists is probably a big thing. Fuck me and dork. Kenny. Singer. Like pay pay us a penny per stream. You fucking weirdos. Do you realize how funny it is that we're arguing over a penny? Like that's nuts. A penny. It's right now. It's point zero zero four three per stream. Fuck I you. They get away with that. Why don't because, more people- because they can do whatever they want, because that they streaming can't. is God now. You know what I mean? We got sold out by major labels, is what I will say. That's a fact. We got sold yeah, out. Yeah, well, Spotify also almost single-handedly destroyed the label industry. Good. So good for them, but also fuck them.
2: Fuck them both. Uh damn it, hit the hit the buzzer, Kenny. God damn it. <laughs> uh okay,
3: Dave, uh, who's off your list? Uh off my list is a uh, building shit. So <laughs> I built a dresser yesterday and it was the worst fucking day of my entire life. Like, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish it on, like, like Mussolini. I wouldn't also wish Also, just it in terrorist on,
4: camps, they're making them assemble IKEA shit.
3: Uh, like, I guarantee you, if we went to Guantanamo, like, the three of us, and we were, like, flies on the wall, they're making fucking terrorists from, like- yeah, they're just missing Al-Qaeda. parts and shit. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, missing they're parts, all... you can't find the nails, you got to get the screwdriver, and you have the wrong fucking head. Yeah, every, is everybody in Guantanamo Bay is
2: given, uh, is given a dresser to assemble with no Allen key. And they're just like figure it out. <laughs>
3: Go it's for it. It's the worst fucking thing on a planet. No, my looks great it. in this corner.
2: Yo, I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually on your side with this, Dave. Uh, I actually had a situation. We live in an old row home and the walls are basically like rock. But underneath them, you get through the rock when you drill through to hang curtains or something, and behind it is brick. So I actually had one of my tall uh curtains in my living room just fall out of the wall this weekend and i'm trying to rehang it i had to spackle paint and then rehang it and i can't shoot into it because behind is just straight brick so I'll now i have no curtains in my living room because we can't hang them back up
3: now nah, obviously i wouldn't hang them back up i'd be like oh that's <laughs> just casualty of my everyday war well like, try to explain to try, gonna... try,
2: try to explain that to your wife go ahead that, that's a fun one yeah dana, I, what do, do you want to,
3: me to explain it to like sorry honey yeah no dana would like just... i would i would have to screw a new curtain into the wall and that is just out of the question so no don't be stupid. i won't oh yeah don't be dumb use your fucking brain don't fucking stupid yeah
5: all
2: right use your use your brain is definitely dave's catchphrase too by the way i was gonna say the f-word but i didn't this time People why are you a cunt kenny off your
3: list that's, oh that's from a jim jeffrey stand-up routine i don't know if you guys know he's just i love jim jeffrey yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. hilarious and he was getting in a fight with some dude in one of the routines, and he's just like, every time I do that, I just look at him and go, dead face. Why are you, and he's Australian, and I'm not going to try the accent, but why are you such a cunt? <laughs> Who's your favorite current stand-up? I think, I mean, Jim Jeffries, his, uh, this isn't a new one. This is years old now, but Alcoholic is the funniest stand-up routine I've ever seen. Who's he, yours, Ken? <laughs> There's no one funnier than
4: Chappelle. Oh, no, there's, no one, there's no one less cowardly than Chappelle. Like when he got the fucking award for the comedy at the fucking Kennedy Center, he's just out there smoking and he goes, yep. "You know who I asked if I could smoke? Nobody. <laughs> mm. I just fucking did it." You're like, "Bless well, you, my man." Chappelle he, is he's by the far, best.
2: By, Chappelle is by far my favorite stand-up all time. He's the most important in the last like 20
4: years. But I've I've recently been on a big Bill Burr kick. Same. Same, guys guys bro. Are so he was smart. going off about golfers the other day and how not athletic they are. And he's like, look at these fucking clothes. These are the most comfortable clothes I've ever worn in my life. You I've... can't play sports in comfortable clothes. Like, I liked I
2: love Joe Rogan's podcast, but I don't I don't like his stand-up that much. Same. I don't think he's that funny of a stand-up,
4: but I love his podcast. He's, he's a great, a great interviewer.
2: conversationalist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's the just best always ever, screaming
4: maybe. at me. Stop screaming at me. Why are you always screaming? Stop screaming. I'm
2: I'm dying for like a new stand-up that I find
4: and I'm and I'm like laughing at. It's, it's Eliza Schleshness. No, I've heard good things I haven't watched it yet Nikki whatever the fuck her name Nikki is Glazer. yeah you know what's great if you just go on YouTube and you looked up like best of the roasts the Comedy oh, Central yeah. roast that's a good time funny. right yeah. there that's a good time right there the, yeah. the,
3: my favorite one ever was the roast of William Shatner
4: yeah. I'll watch it
3: like once a year and I'll, I'll be getting an ab workout and I hate doing workouts yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're lifting heavy stuff it's like the few times a year I actually work out my abs is just by laughing at the Comedy Central roast not it's even gonna so lie
2: good. I don't think Pete Davidson is that funny on Saturday Night Live but his most recent stand up was actually really good I actually like him a lot
4: his movie was good too that King of Staten Island movie I haven't seen it yet I heard it was good though was and Bill really Burr's in that we Yeah, it back yeah, 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 he's dude. a
3: Staten Island guy yeah Um, I heard that's an excellent movie haven't yeah, seen it crazy. yet great
2: movie that's the to Judd Apatow uh, Kenny who's off your list
4: off my list today Dave you may appreciate this one you may not I don't know Fucking Rappaport, man! Oh,
5: like,
3: that's like see,
4: I was—I was gonna take fucking Kevin Durant. I was gonna oh,
3: take yeah. Kevin Durant for that, and I was like, I ah, he's just want an athlete. I'll pivot to something different. I
4: just—I—I I, I like Rappaport, and I like watching him talk shit and all that piece stuff. He's a fucking shit. right, but at the same time, like blasting off pictures of DMs is just a cowardly fucking Corny. move. It's not that good, and then he never really like like Durant won hard on that. Oh yeah, man. yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of real sick of Rappaport. So he's fucking off the list, man. He's been off my list
2: since he got fired from Barstool. Cause he used to come on Part of My Take all the time and it got old after a while because it's like they they did I think they started to dislike him, and yeah. then he got fired. And then I just can it sucks because my wife watches Bravo all the time and he's always on those after shows and stuff like that. And every
4: time he comes on, I'm like, this fucking piece of shit. I'm God down damn to it. watch him like talk shit about pedestrians walking in the crosswalk from his New York apartment. Like, that's funny as fuck, but like yeah, man, I was just that, that wasn't, wasn't a good look this week.
3: Kenny, Before he, we... he's just such a loser, dude. Oh. He's 100%. a loser.
4: Kenny,
2: before we get off, you have to buzz the buzzer one more time. I did it again. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That was only five. I think I only did five this episode, so I you go back and count. I, I'm going to try. It's going to come out sometimes, like if I get fired up about something, but That's I want to see. Yeah. It's like if you wanted to see if you could stop drinking for a weekend, you just want to see if you can do it. You know what I mean? So And the answer is always no. exactly yeah why do I need to do that I already know what the answer is there you go all right so that's this week's episode by the way Dave hit me up this week we are going multiple times a week on the guitar that content's about to get Kenny you're now responsible to help us try and fix Dave
4: fix Dave that's a whole new podcast
3: (laughs) oh man yeah so I need a lot to fix this is like just We're going like ground up, bro. Two. Yeah. Little
4: chunks at a time, baby. Little chunks at a time.
2: <laughs> Dude, by the time you're 80, you're gonna be an ideal citizen, bro. Uh, so that is our episode for the week. We'll be back next week. We have a bunch, we have a ton of interviews this week. So we'll be getting some uh backlogged. Uh thank you to Caleb from Colony House. Before we get out of here, let's go into our pick of the week with the Bluestones. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week this week. Actually, a returning guest from the old incarnation of the podcast. We have Tarek from the Blue Stones. Tarek, how the hell are you, buddy? What's up, Thanks for having me back. I'm happy to have you here, dude. First off, just dropped an album, Hidden Gems, came out March 19th? Yep. What, what a road to get here, because I remember the last time we were talking. It's funny, because the last time we talked, we really didn't have, either of us, an idea about where... <laughs> what we were doing, because the circumstances were so fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it was really just up in the air. We, I think we plan on releasing this album in July of 2020, but obviously... <laughs> You know, it didn't really happen because of everything shutting down. Um, and you can only wait so long to release something like that until you're like, you know what, let's just get this music out to the world. So finally, you know, both us and our label settled on the date of March 19th, which has now passed, but that I'm very happy about.
2: Dude, honestly, because a few of these songs I had heard through singles, you guys released a few singles beforehand. Yep uh my personal favorite off the album this actually shows you that i did listen to it la afterlife which i
1: feel like is almost a little bit of an outlier on the on the record yeah very smooth i would agree it's definitely not like you know your typical blue stones or like rock and roll sort of vibe um but that is definitely like the type of music that we listen to you know so it's just Nice that that's come out in like a really cool swaggy kind of song like that. Swaggy Uh, is a perfect.
2: Swaggy is a perfect word for it, dude. It's swaggy (laughs) as fuck. That's a perfect (laughs) way to put it. That's how I
1: felt recording it. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, that's nice,
2: dude." By the way, did I see you guys had billboards for Spotify in Toronto?
1: Yeah. what the fuck dude i know i was shocked myself honestly you didn't know that was was happening no i had no idea like they just you know it was amazon music and then spotify they were both like hey we're gonna throw you guys up in the um young and dundas square which is basically like toronto's um broadway pretty much yeah so it was, it was really great. It was that great, came across
2: my feed on Instagram the other day, and I was like, God damn, Canadians are doing it, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Man. yeah they,
1: really uh, really was incredible. Man. You really should –
2: dude, another thing here too is, because I know you guys are a live band, with seeing the way shows are finally starting to get booked, are you guys putting things on the books, or are you still kind of up in the air about when you're going back out on the road?
1: There's holds in. It's nothing that's like set in stone. Mm apart from a festival here and there, but yeah, there are holds that are on that are like, okay, well, you know, we'll hold these dates and hopefully by this time, these dates will actually become a reality. But that's the most that you can do right now, you know, apart from like actually booking a tour.
2: It's the most frustrating part. And even in the prospect of like when you guys were setting to release an album, you're just hoping that things stay on the trajectory that they are so you can actually complete what it is that you were trying to do.
1: Exactly. Like you hope the momentum is there. You, you hope that, you know, everybody's just as excited to come and watch you live as they were before the pandemic. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of question marks, but we, we have a pretty good feeling about it.
2: Bro, be honest with me. Cause I, I've yeah. been, I've been oddly feeling this, right? So this one aspect of our lives, which is live shoes, obviously runs what we do. It's our favorite thing to do in the world. Do you have a little bit of like odd anxiety about going back and playing shows again? Cause Oh my God, a hundred percent. Dude, like, are people going to show up? Are people going to be too freaked out to come out? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it's weird.
1: Even just like, I don't think I could be thrown into like a six week tour off the bat either. I, I, you know, you have to sort of like acclimate to it again, you know, like really take your time and work yourself back into it. So yeah, I, I absolutely have that anxiety for sure.
2: I I was running the other day. And I was like – I saw the Bonnaroo lineup come out. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, they're coming back. Shows are coming back. And I was like, oh, my God. We have to promote shows again. Like, it's it's been the one nice thing about, like, obviously, miss like, it's a gaping hole in my life. But, like, the feeling of, like, oh, shit, are people going to show up? Are we going to go to the city? Like, what's the deal here? Mm-hmm. That's been gone. And now I'm, like, kind of like, holy shit. Like, got to get back in the swing of things now. It's odd.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it will take – like, anything, you know, it's like – anything that you don't do for a long time, you have to sort of work yourself back into it or at least work yourself back into being good at that thing. So I could expect, you know, the first few shows as a learning experience. Um, and then before you can really get into the, the real good stuff.
2: Before we get into playing uh, one by one, which is the song we're going to be playing off the record. Yep. Now that we're bringing up live shows of the songs that you haven't played live yet from the record, what are you yep. most excited to get out and play?
1: Probably Spirit. I think Spirit. Spirit is probably the most exciting one. Um, and also One by One, though, for sure. I, I just feel like those two are going to translate really well to a live show. And I'm just excited to see how, you know, and, and how it, it comes together. And then also what the actual physical reaction is going to be to them. So those two, I would say, are my most excited to return to.
2: I like because Spirit, when I dropped this as a single, I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told yeah. you, I don't know if I told you before or after we start. L.A. Afterlife is my is my favorite song off the record, yeah. and I, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see you guys. Like I want you to come back through Philly or I'll catch you in another city, but I want to see you guys live. Yes,
1: yes, man, I I can't wait to hit it again for sure. I think the last time we played Philly was Milk Boy. Is that correct? Milk Boy. Yeah, we is, talked uh, about that one.
2: Milk Boy is a lovely place, except yeah. for the fact you got to walk up the steepest the stairs. There. Yes, yeah,
1: of course. <laughs>
2: all right so here we go we're gonna go into one by one anything you want to say to the fans new fans anybody before we uh play this track
1: um just yeah like hidden gems is out and it's uh you know it's definitely something that we're very very proud of you know as far as putting an album together this is i think our best so if you like this song then definitely take the time to look at the rest of them
2: beautiful man tark it's been a pleasure man congratulations on the new album we're gonna go into one by one